Welcome to the Crazy Cool Family Podcast with Don and Suzanne Manning. Parents, what if we could give you the power to transform your family into something absolutely amazing? A family where everyone is healthy, gets along, loves Jesus, and has great purpose in life. Hey, let us flip your thinking to unlock the power God has given you to create your own Crazy Cool Family. Welcome back, parents. We are in the third part of a very fun series we've done with our Manning children. So in the last part of this series, we talk about siblings as best friends. We believe, no doubt, God made your family to be unified and to walk through life together. So in this podcast, we're going to unpack a little bit about when each kid decided that they were going to be all in with family. We talk about the little moments, about how the little moments created big moments of the buy-in to the culture of our home, and just each kid sharing their own personal experiences and personal moments um, as we talk about how we built our family name, how we built the Manning name in our family day by day, little by little. And we end with some encouragement for all the families to be the representation of God in the world. So we invite you to come take a seat for this last podcast at the Manning Table and hear how we are intentionally pursuing our crazy cool family and how you can do the same. So get ready. Here's part three. Here we go. One of the things I want to uh, ask you guys is, you guys are really close as siblings, and and I would say, you know, people, yeah, people, <laughs> people come over to our house sometimes. In fact, I think I mentioned, I don't can't remember where I mentioned it in a podcast or something, where a girl came over to our house, a, a teenage girl, and she said, "Wow, the Manning kids really love each other. I mean, there is this, it, there's this, they notice a difference in the way you guys interact, support each other, take care of each other. Not that there's not other families that don't do that, but I just know that you guys do it. And so, my question to you is, is that and also that you love the Lord. And so the question is, is that, can you remember when in your life you decided, yes, I am going to love my siblings. Yes, I am going to follow my parents. Yes, I am going to uh, love Jesus. I mean, all those things. Can you remember times in your life as you're making, because a lot of kids, you know, their siblings are, you know, they reject their siblings or they reject the counsel of their parents or certainly reject the counsel of the Lord. Talk about a little bit about if you can think of moments in your life when you're like, oh, I'm going to go this way. Not everybody at once. <laughs> I mean, it sounds like a basic answer, but it's the first thing that came to my head. Like the more I loved Jesus, the more I loved my family, yeah. the more I understood who I was and who God made me to be. So I think thoughts that came back into my head were, when I was in middle school and I didn't really love myself because of low self-esteem and self-hatred. It was like the more I leaned into God and I learned to hear his voice and my mom was and dad were discipling me in that at the time of learning to have a relationship with God, the easier it was to love Madeline or McKinsey or Michael or Maddox. Like whenever anybody bothered me, it was like, okay, what would Jesus do in this moment? So it's like learning to love Jesus is directly connected to learning to love your mm -hmm. family and it's a progression. I personally can't think of like a specific moment, but I can look back on middle school, high school, college and be like, wow, I definitely grew in being all in or loving my family because I was loved by Jesus and I was understanding that more. I, I have marker moments specifically probably because I struggled with this probably more than anyone. Um, it, 
all of us, just the thought of siblings being best friends, which I think there's like so many chapters and so many words about it for me in the book. But um, Madeline and I rode to school together. So we were, everyone else, I think, by the time I graduated from the school, I went to either, I missed taking them or we went on different days or something. But for a whole two years, Madeline and I drove to school and there was still a pretty big age gap between us, like junior year and seventh grade and senior year and eighth grade. So um, just, you know, very different life things. But mom and dad had been saying that our entire lives. And then we were forced to ride. It was only like 15 minutes or less to school together. (laughs) But we just like hung out as friends. And I I even look back now and think about the pictures we took that whole summer between those two years. It's so weird and goofy, but like pictures you would only take with your best friends. Um, So I think, I mean, and if you if you think about that, that's 17 years where mom and dad had to convince me. It's not like they, it happened by the time I was seven or 10. And there was probably glimpses along the way where it definitely worked out. Um, but I, at least the best friend part took me that long. And it's kind of sad because then I went to college, but I also lived at home. So that was helpful. <laughs> um, and then I think the other marker moment for at least just the thought process of the power of being close with your siblings was when Maddox was born. When mom and dad got pregnant with Maddox, which I think is also in the book, um, I was so mad at them. (laughs) So mad because when mom got pregnant, you know, and now I'm being pregnant, I totally understand, but you're tired and you don't want to do things and you're moody. And then you also have a bunch of kids and a lot of the responsibility just fell to me to, you know, I don't know, take care of the house, take care of the kids. Dad was working. Um, And I just was like, are you kidding me? This, I'm like... 13, 14, and now there's going to be another baby. And I was, I just come home from summer camp, and I said, don't unpack my bags. I'm going to live with my best friend. <laughs> and they looked at me like, ha, ha, ha. And I was like, I'm 1,000% serious. But then Maddox was born, and he was the best. And I, my mind changed a little bit because I, like, he was so fun. And I always say Maddox, Madeline taught me how to be best friends with my siblings, but then Maddox taught me how to be a big sister. Like, it switched Oh, I wasn't going to cry, but it switched from it's all about me. This is not fun to how can I like I get to shape them. I get to be a part of them. And a lot of people ask me, even I was saying this earlier, like, does it frustrate you that your parents might have been more lax with the younger kids? Are there opportunities that they got to do that you didn't? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, not really, because it's not, it wasn't about me at that point. Like anything that is best for them, that's better for them, that gets to expand their walk or their faith or their life, do it. Like it's not about like equal or anything like that. I want what's best for them. I want them to stand on my shoulders and be better and do better. And so, just like don't worry your kids aren't a lost cause (laughs) maybe you have to have seven kids to get there but um at least what are you number six at least six um but yeah those are I definitely had marker moments that I'll always go back to for the two things that I learned yeah and I think that to echo what both of you all said it also takes a lot of time I think for all of us we didn't just start off as best friends. Like, yeah. I think that there was a time growing up that I literally threw a bat at Maddox. <laughs> like, I was not, him, that is not best friends, like, at all. Um, but what I think there was a marker moment where I was like, okay, yeah, I'm a Manning, and this is where, like, it's time to move forward. It's time to pursue Jesus, pursue family. Um, I think it was in, like, freshman year going to Dominican Republic, which is another, like, 
if you can send your kids to mission trips, like our dad yeah, just made it happen. Yeah. Whatever the cost was, he just like made it happen. Whatever we had to do. Um, and looking back, there were those marker spiritual moments in our life that shaped and defined us moving forward. Um, but going to Dominican Republic, I just remember the Lord speaking so clearly if he was just like, hey, you have a bad image of your earthly father. Me and, my, me and dad were going through a tough time throughout really all of middle school. <laughs> but... Um, but it was from there where like we got to reconcile that relationship. I remember being outside shooting hoops late, late, late one night, and I was like processing with the Lord, and I was like basketball, talking because we love basketball. <laughs> I love That's basketball. Michael loves basketball. Dad, exactly. It's like God that. Speaks tr- through basketball. <laughs> God is basketball. No, 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 no. That's not true. God, but I was outside playing basketball and I was just shooting late one night and I was like, okay, God, if dad comes out here for whatever reason, I'll tell him everything. We can talk and oh, figure wow. it out. It was like 1130. So I was just like, was, no, not, not a chance. <laughs> I got you, God. And then five minutes later, I hear the door open and I'm like, are you serious? This is not what I wanted to do. But got to talk to it, got to process it. And just like, it, we, our relationship probably wasn't fixed right there, but it opened the door for the communication to start and the healing process to start. And from there, I think dad and I's relationship got fixed. And that was when I was like, okay, I got to be friends with Mackenzie. Okay, I need to be better friends. I need to be a better older brother to Maddox. And I need to be a better sibling to the, to the rest of the family. Um, and so it just like, it was a perfect storm. And it took a lot of time. I think I was a freshman in high school, a sophomore in high school. So it doesn't happen overnight. Um, but there's, it's not one thing or one thing that can do it. It's a combination of a whole bunch of things and a whole bunch of sacrifices that, that can come in to make siblings best friends. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, like, but Mackenzie, your story would be a little bit different as you were growing up. I mean, you were the fourth, you were the youngest daughter. And so, uh, but yet, you know, what I remember about you is that um, you had sisters that talked a lot, and so you were kind of the you still know do. you were yeah still do exactly. So what were what were your thoughts about growing up and your relationship with your um, sisters? Yeah, so being in the middle, uh, I got to see the fullness of uh, yeah just all of it. I feel like right now I'm even getting to see it more than ever the sweet role that I've gotten to play in the family as the littlest of the girls, um, but getting to still be a part of the childhood of the little brothers. Um, and yeah, I think that's, it's just, I don't think I ever was like, ah, no family. It was like, uh, yeah, we got to be together guys. (laughs) We've got to stick together because if we don't, then what are we going to do? What's the point? And I think honestly, in this last year or these last two years, it's, like upped the level of my love for my siblings and my understanding of how valuable those relationships are. And Michael and I talk about it every Sunday of just like, I'm so thankful for our siblings and I'm so thankful for you and getting to have my three older sisters as my best friends and my three little brothers as my best friends is um, just started whenever we were little, started when we were five, six, seven, learning how to handle conflict. So now as we're older, we can handle conflict better because we've seen each other through history. And so um, I think that there's been a value in my head and heart for history for a long time. And so even as we've been talking about how much time it takes, it's because of the history that gets formed with siblings. So I was going to say about Mackenzie is she was very intentional. Like she played basketball because everybody else played basketball. Not that it was necessarily your favorite thing. Like she didn't love the aggression part of it at all. She no. was like, oh, you want the basketball here? You can have it. <laughs> but she also like 
listened to the rap music that Michael was listening to yeah. and learned the lyrics and learned how to do the Rubik's Cube and learned how and, and Rubik's Rubik's Cube. Rubik's <laughs> learned how to do the Rubik's Cube. Starts with an R, not an A. Um, and then, but the other thing is that she would sit there and do the Legos with Michael. We would buy yeah. the Lego set, and she so she was so good at finding what the person yeah. was interested in, needed to do, and then just join them in that. And so, if parents, if you're trying to knit siblings together then find a common McKenzie (laughs) (laughs) find a common ground for them something that they're both interested in and then invest in that you know go ahead and invest in that extra Lego set or invest in the Rubik's Cube you know invest in whatever that is so that they can build those experiences together so like McCade and Maddox y'all seeing it kind of from the end of the spectrum and the siblings and the getting you know things like that and i know like you know like michael was mentioning maddox you know y'all struggled in your relationship you know uh for years literally so what but what is y'all's perspective on but you don't hate him now right that's right and so what's your what's your perspective on on your relationship with your siblings relationship to god and you know what were some marker moments for you if any (laughs) (laughs) me and maddox are kind of best buds all the time i feel like yeah we were kind of like the back of the thing. We we're kind of a little bit different. <laughs> back, of the back of the family. Back of the bus. Crammed together in the back. <laughs> Sitting on laps. <laughs> Maybe in the trunk. <laughs> Not safe, I repeat. <laughs> Just kidding, we were safe. All children but, were safe. Yeah, we had like age gap. Michael was kind of doing his own things with Kenzie. The sisters were together. And so me and Max kind of made stuff together. We had games together. I don't remember how many countless hours we spent making up our own games playing Power Rangers or something. <laughs> and just yeah. being outside together and just making a bond and really having a strong friendship with Maddox and really developing later now into a godly relationship with him because I have had pivotal moments where I have cried with Maddox about new things that have happened that have really like affected me and that I've really just like loved Maddox from that and That's cool. it's just been a great friend. Yeah, um, I, I agree with Kinsey that there hasn't really been a, a time where I was like no family ever, um, <laughs> except maybe middle school. Where Meanwhile, I was like no family a lot. So. <laughs> um, I think that there was more of a time where I was more like no myself you know, where I was more like, I really, I think that the family brings character and identity and I didn't know, and I really didn't care about who I was. And so, I mean, with McCade, we've always been close and that's never been a, an issue at all. But like, there's a four age, a four year age difference between Michael and then just imagine everybody else. And so there's just a giant gap. I mean, like as a high schooler, you don't want to hang out with your middle school, you know, like I, like I understand that, but it was also, but it was cool that I got, I had Kate. And so mm-hmm. I, it didn't, I think, I mean, you've said this all the time that if I didn't have Kate, I'd probably be a, a much broken, like a much more brokenness in my heart because I'd have a wrong view of family because there would be countless conversations where I'm like, I don't care. Or there would be countless times where I'm like, I don't want to be here. And yeah. right. I just want to go upstairs and do whatever I want to do. And so it is cool that I got to be like, Hey kid, let's go and be away and so i got to have that view of family where i'm just 
it's just difficult the age ranges yeah. your okay. stage of life is different than my stage of life but what's oh. cool as, as, he, as he points at molly <laughs> but but what's cool about it now is that as a like 16 17 year old i want to hear about your as michael says inexpensive experience and so i do care <laughs> about process, what yeah. you're going through and what so yeah. that whenever i get there like right. i've realized that now but whenever i was in the moment of middle school i just wanted to survive middle school and so <laughs> Fair. and so it's just cool that i got to have Cade, but it's also cool that i get to have y'all now well and i mean it's super cool too because so it's like like families be encouraged because it's like a ripple effect so you might be hearing oh my gosh this took a long time we have to build the history you know I'm hearing a lot of this didn't like come to fruition until my kids might get older which valid and true but also it's like compounded because Maddox there is a season this summer so I was working from home because of COVID and our we just I needed childcare for my kid and Maddox who is 16 years old came from like weeks on in from 9 to 8.30 in the morning got up in his summer time to watch my kid and I didn't have to worry one a bit about it I was just like here's Bash K bye and I went in the room and shut the door or we'll go out on a date and Maddox will come over and watch Sebastian and Bash loves him so much you ask him about Maddox and he gets all excited and so Maddox could not care he could be like your life is so far removed from this what a 16 year old is doing but instead he's choosing to engage and every time he's come over he's asked me intentional questions he's been involved he says yes he's kind and so it like compounds on and of itself and like we pray all the time that Sebastian would see that and that he would then be able to take care of Maddox's kids you know (laughs) and Kate's kids and and all that and so it's just kind of like this ripple effect that goes out and out and like Michael and Mackenzie watch Truett and Everly in Arkansas Malin wouldn't be able to do it without them and every time I'm stressed I just text Macy and she picks up Bash and so it just like ripples out even when we're grown and we're supposed to not need parenting anymore And I think a point that Maddox touched on and said really well was siblings get to be disciplers. And that piece of, I'm thinking about church. Like that was one thing our family decided to commit to was going to church. And so the effect of that was we went to Wednesday night, whether it was Awana's or Hub or Flipside or whatever it was (laughs) called at the time. It was like Madeline was getting in the car and she was going. And so me and Kenzie were going with her. Or maybe it was just me because Ken's wanted to do something else. Like, I don't know what it was, but there was an element of, okay, my older siblings going first and they want me to come with them or they want me to do it with them. And so just like Cade was saying, there was that safety in that you grew together. You went on mission trips together. You went to Wednesday nights and I mean, younger siblings may never admit this, but they just want to be like their older sibling. They just want them to be, accept them and love them and say that they're cool. That's like the deepest desire of our hearts. (laughs) You guys are all really cool. (laughs) Thanks, Molly. (laughs) We can end the podcast. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) So there is an element of discipleship. And that's a great segue into what I want to kind of land the plane with as we talk about, you know, the, the crazy cool family, the Manning name and what we, how we instill a family name and and unity and, and camaraderie. Let's finish by talking about intentional conversations. You know, as, as I look at how um, the, um, the family name came about, one of the things that we did that was intentional parents is having intentional conversations with you guys at a young age. And then 
I almost think that kind of characterizes us now as a family is that, you know, there's there's a lot of intentionality to the conversations, not just from Don and Suzanne, but from you guys. And so just talk about that a little bit and, and how that, you know, what that was like when you were little and then even as you grew up and then what, you know, how you guys transitioned it in your own relationships. Yeah, this is probably like the biggest thing that the family's done like whenever I think about the family I think about intentional conversations and how they've changed my life um in middle school it was Kinsey I'd be watching YouTube and she'd sit down on my bed and we'd have a conversation it's like I I was interested in spiritual things and she knew that I think and so she talked about spiritual things with me and I, I remember one of the most like foundational moments I can point to of like I know I believe in the Lord is we were on the kitchen table and uh, I was really just questioning my faith and a lot of questions rose up. And so I just remember crying at the kitchen, at the, in the kitchen with mom, dad, and Molly, just asking questions, being like, but why, <laughs> but how, <laughs> but God, what? And so, um, even though there weren't like distinct answers, they said something really cool, which is like struggle with the Lord. Yeah. And so that's like a defining moment where we got to have that vulnerability and really did change my life. It made me think about instead of the Lord as a more emotional, emotional thing, it's really like a, a thinking part of my life too. And so like all of it in all of my life is really impacted by those intentional conversations that have happened all throughout my life. This is a little bit of a simpler one, but I think intentionality comes with time. Like dad's love language is quality time. Kinsey's is, Madeline is, who else is, anybody else? Well, that's a good chunk of us. Um, but even like silly things, like anytime Madeline would poop, she'd want someone with her, you know, just like little, and <laughs> it's true, little intentional moments that it was like everything was welcome to do together. Like we, everything. we are a family, not, okay, everything is a very absolute word, but we want to do things together. And that brings intentionality, going on long car trips, riding to school in the car together, listening to music, talking, like all, watching movies, all these things playing together. It's, it's, it creates a space for intentionality and the conversation follows. Even the, even if the location's weird. <laughs> even if the location's yeah. weird. <laughs> and something Kinsey and I talk about is that we're able to have intentional conversations and I think that family should be the safest place to have that because mm -hmm. your family is not going anywhere. Like we get to stay with each other and I know Macy's going to be here and always for me and I know Madeline and Molly are the same thing and the little boys too and, and, and mom and dad. And, <laughs> and the dog and the cat. <laughs> and so it's a safe place uh -huh. to be able to have intentional conversations where I really do get to be vulnerable and pour out my heart because I know that they are at most a phone call away yeah. and so that allows me to be intentional back and allows me to let myself be intentional um because the family well and think about that as compared to a lot of families and, and maybe even the family you grew up in parents right. where man if you said something and it was the least somebody was going to attack you somebody was going to joke you, you were going to be put down you were going to be and instead creating the opposite of that which is a place where like michael's saying where you know you know you're going to be safe in fact one of the things that I know we did as parents is is that if if an older brother or sister ever ever got onto a younger we would I remember saying it a lot that 
you be the great older brother. I'll be the parent. Yeah. I'll take care yeah. of it. Okay. Yeah. You, you yeah. let me do the, the the parenting and you be the loving big brother or sister and things like that. Just get, because we, we just didn't allow that in our house. You, you didn't right. tear down your younger brother or sister in any way, shape or form because right. we were not going to allow it. And that's just one of those intentionality things. Keep going. So I just wanted to touch in on that. That's good. Well, one of the things that I was going to say that what Madeline's doing right now with her two-year-old who talks very, very clearly now, he's, he's very articulate, at dinner at the dinner table, she'll sit down and she'll say, what was your favorite part of the day? And so you can start it right now, parents, even with your little bitty kids, because they, they can, I mean, and even if they can't talk, what's your favorite part of the day? It's just a, it's a one-liner, it's a sentence, but it gets you talking about yourselves and your day, and, and it's just that in, simple intentionality. I think, I think that's interesting with us using the word intentionality is that it's kind of a buzzword because you're like oh yeah intentional like be intentional but you have to know your kid to be intentional so the things that we're saying and doing the way that we've created intentionality is because of the way that we are designed and made and all of us we're not asking intentional questions whenever we were five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. The questions McKenzie, we were asking, you were, but, <laughs> <laughs> but the questions oh, we were I asking said, have then, <laughs> were like hey, you want this doll? Like, hey, do you want, like, that was the kind of things that we were learning how to do. And it grew as we got older. And I think also the people that we were around, the village that made us was also bringing out intentional questions. And so there were people that were investing in Molly and being intentional with Molly that were not my parents because my parents didn't really have the capacity to pour into intentionally to the fullness that Molly needed whenever she was 15, 16. I was even talking to one of her mentors the other day and she was like, yeah, Molly came to my small group and she was crying because her mom was having another kid at the age of 15. And it was like, praise God for you. Because if you were not there to hear and help her process through that, then she would not be where she is today. And so the village that you're around also creates and builds intentionality. That's really good. Yeah. That's good. I think another thing that helps with intentionality is like taking the time to know your kid and help your kids know each other. And so just like knowing like Macy is more emotional or Molly's more emotional or Madeline's weird or like whatever it is that like comes into play, just like being like, that's who they are, you know? And there's like so much breakthrough whenever. And I remember going back to like the moment of like as a family, when I remember feeling like family was a family was when I, like, I remember going off to college and being like, okay, everyone at college likes me and I feel like my family thinks I'm annoying. It's like how I felt until I was 18 or 19 years old. Mm-hmm. And I came back to college and everyone, I came back from college and everyone was like, my family was like, we love you, Madeline. Oh my gosh, you're so fun. We missed you, we missed you. And I was like, oh, they liked me all along. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it was mainly just because I didn't really feel like they knew me, you know? And so when I went to college, I got to actually be me. And so I think that like just encouraging parents now to like let your kids know each other. So like, you know, Mackenzie asks intentional questions. And so being like, that's part of who Kinsey is. Even if she did it when she was six, that's like who she is. And we love that for her. Like, so now my baby, it's like, um, Everly's just four months old, but she just loves to be joyful. Like even when it's something sad or she wants to be crying, she just like tries to smile. And so I always tell I tell True that all the time. I'm like, Everly is just joyful. She loves to be joyful. She loves to smile. Let's make her smile together because she loves to smile. So like helping teach True it who Everly is and helping yeah. like like that's how we all have become it's like but bringing a lot of growth and intentionality in our family it's because we know each other we, we know the way each other thinks we know the way each other operates and we're learning as we grow up and yeah. as we have kids and as we learn each other as parents or learn each other as we have spouses or learn each other in middle school or high school or whatever but just like 
saying, this is how Molly operates and it's not bad. It's great. We love that because what that does is it sets your kids up for success in society. Like Mackenzie was saying earlier, there's like not a person that I run into now in this world, whether I'm working with them or they're a friend that I'm like, I have no idea how to deal with you because I have six, eight, including my parents, other people that I have learned how to relationally deal with because we took the intentionality at the front end to get to know each other like personally and we're still growing in that so just explaining knowing your kids as a parent and then explaining your kids to your kids as a parent helps a lot i was gonna say too like why are you laughing oh it's right here um i was gonna say too that like when we were it's translated and i'm only i've been trying to figure out an example to say with this because i think just think it's really cool but growing up they've they've touched on it with the Barbies and the Legos and all the different like activities we played with but if there was ever something that someone else was interested in that maybe we weren't it wasn't really an option not to engage in it and so for instance if I really didn't want to play dollhouse but Madeline did mom was kind of like well so what figure out how to play dollhouse or (laughs) take 20 minutes and play dollhouse and then for the next 20 minutes you know I'll set a timer and you can come downstairs and play babies Um, but it was always just the intentionality of engaging in what your sibling had the desire to do or what they were interested in and then we'll talk about you know what you have the desire to do or like the the give and go of that and so an example that translate now is Michael really really loves the Enneagram and last year I was like that's the stupidest thing ever it's just an excuse for everyone to act a certain way and just really being lame and close-minded to it and this year David and I are doing it for our marriage and sometimes got him yeah Um, but, and Michael just happens to be the same type as my husband and I text him and call him randomly and I'm like, okay, this is what's happening. Please give me some insight and vision into how I can handle this, like in a mature way. And he's so like not married and he's way younger than Damien. And so, but he, because he loved the Enneagram and he was just kind of confident in standing up and what he believed in and he was intentional about getting all of us our types and talking about it. I was like, okay, this is going to, this is going to work. And I believe in it now too. Um, and so all the way from Legos to, you know, big life stuff, like, like yeah. purpose for your kids to be intentional and what the other kids like. And if you only have like, you know, two kids, then great. You only have two things to work through. Um, but yeah. don't like skimp on making sure that that is something you press into. Yeah. That's good. What else? Something I just want to say, this isn't really going along with intentional conversation, but a little, uh, is, so there are seven of us, but I hope that you've heard that there was really kind of like three crews of us in different ways. And so if you have like a Molly and Madeline type relationship or a me, Macy, Michael kind of sibling dynamic or a Max and Kay dynamic, we like kind of have a spread of them in order to help. But if you only have one of those spreads, then you have your full energy and time into that set. And so do the work in yourself to know what it is to be a parent and how to like, kind of be a kid too with your kids in your process and then like you're the culture setters as the parents with the kids and you're not behind if you don't have seven kids like you're not like lacking or missing out you (laughs) (laughs) like you might not have the same amount of energy as my parents and god knows what your lot is and what you need and so your story is going to be different so step on all of our shoulders and go further uh, and take our culture and give or take whatever you need and make your own because the family that you've been given is perfect and whether it's small or big it's perfect 
good. Yeah, so I was gonna just kind of wrap up for just a second. Yeah, go for it. Well, I was just gonna I was just gonna say so. Yeah, what you do with your days, months, seasons, years, activities, vacations, extracurricular, bedtimes, dinner times, car rides—that's what builds your family. It's those moments. It's those. It's those little times, and we know that it seems like it's a never-ending season that you're in right now the current season that you're in when you have everybody under your same under the same roof but just know that in a blink of an eye it'll be gone they'll be gone <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna grow up they're gonna live their own lives they're gonna be contributing members to society and so make the best of those moments now laugh have fun enjoy them be intentional because you are building your fill in the blank family name so you're the joneses you're the tauruses you're the robinsons and you're you people out there you're who you are and so (laughs) and so just know that you're a family unit that god put together he he puts you together so you could grow up together i love it kenzie said just be kids with your kids we're all growing up together i'm 50 years old i'm now growing up with my next generation of grandchildren (laughs) i mean we're growing we're learning we're depending on each other we're strengthening one another so that we can go out into the world and show the world what family is because God designed us to grow up in a family so that we can show the world what it looks like to be a part of God's family. Well, and my wrap up says just one, just thank you guys for being here with us. So appreciate you guys getting together and sharing with the, our little crazy cool family world, what it's, what our family was like. But, you know, it just, I, I remember being a parent of maybe, into parenting about five years or so, maybe had three daughters and really clueless. I mean, just not, I mean, what do I do? And, and, you know, I felt like everything I did was wrong and everything I did hurt you girls' feelings. And, you know, I was like, oh my goodness, God, what do we do? And, you know, I fast forward 25 years later and God's shown us a lot. And he's, we learned it on the way, parents, we learned it along the way in those moments. Oh my goodness, how can I, keep messing this up to hey wow i'm getting some things right oh yes or man um, suzanne was right again or whatever you know (laughs) uh, whatever that is and so i just i want to encourage your parents that suzanne's exactly right that it is what you do with those days months seasons years activities vacations bedtimes all those things dinner times are so important and figure out what you're going to purpose. What's what's your family name going to be? What's going to represent the Johnsons? What's going to represent, you know, the Martinez or whoever it is that you're going to represent whatever your family, represent your own name, of course, (laughs) (laughs) not somebody else's, but but whatever your family name is, what's that going to look like? And then ask God about it and he's going to show you things and you're going to have the result. We believe that every family can be crazy cool and every family can have everything God wants for you. And we believe that you are uniquely picked, uniquely gifted. All you got to do is learn and then apply because God's put you got it God's given you everything you need to build your own crazy cool family and to build a, a family name that you're gonna have the same 
blessing that we have and continue to have. Yeah, and we just want to partner with you. And so we just once again want to invite you into the Crazy Cool family. We have um, a weekly podcast, which you're listening to, um, a weekly rethink. If you haven't given us your email, go to crazycoolfamily.com. Give us your email. We'll send you a weekly e- email. Um, let's see, social media. Help me out, people. Facebook. Book. They can buy a book. Oh, yeah, and then a book. You can you can go. If you have Prime, it's free shipping on Amazon. Yeah. Um, and then and you can also, and then our ultimate thing to get you into as, as just a way to really train you as a crazy school family is our membership site called Basecamp. So you can see that on our website. It's a monthly membership site that is our, our, just our crown jewel to be able to get you in and drip this content into you over time. So in every way, love you guys. Thanks for being with us and go be crazy parents, crazycoolfamily.com.